Well, Ulysses, we have so many great mailbag questions and comments from listeners out there that we will do a double mailbag episode or episodes this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. They should be fun, and they kind of are the voice of race fandom right now. Every little thing that we've seen in the interwebs, we're going to tackle right here for race fandom. Let's start it right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, and we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your very first listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. If you're interested in advertising with the program, email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com for inquiries. Speaking of advertisers, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked in, locked on, I should say, write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Ulysses, let's uh, go ahead and get rolling into these mailbag questions. We have three we'll tackle today and then three we'll tackle tomorrow. And this first one, again, we put priority on it all the time. The old voice memo. We love the voice memos. Yes, yes, we do. And this one's from Michael. So let's hear what Michael has to say. Kevin, Ulysses, this is Michael. I'm a huge fan. I've been listening to you guys since 2020. And I finally decided to chime in with not a hot take, not a cold take, but a simple fact. The Rays need to acquire a legitimate RBI threat before the trade deadline. Right-handed, left-handed, switch hitter, it does not matter. When you have no proven RBI threat in the lineup, you're going to have on average a low-scoring offense. When half your team is on their rookie or sophomore year, they're going to make mistakes. We can't expect Cash to put together a competitive lineup when he's missing a piece or two. Even with Franco and Bilal healthy and functioning on all cylinders, the Rays are still missing an RBI threat. Pitching can keep you in the game. Defense can save a run or two. But at some point... You have to score more than the other team to win. Would love to hear your thoughts on who, realistically, the Rays could go after and how soon they'll pursue this hitter. Thanks, guys. No, thank you, Michael. Again, we always put priority on the voice memo, so thank you so much for doing that, for sharing your thoughts. Um, I like the R word. I like the R word there from Michael. I, I already know that I like his perspective because he said the r word realistically Mm. realistically let's let's tackle that so do you have any names first of all do you agree that the the rays are missing an rbi guy kevin i think they're missing multiple rbi guys one of those is brandon lau the other is wander franco so if they're able to get back healthy you can almost look at that as two trade acquisitions 
in some shape or form. But I think uh, almost halfway through the season, we've seen that, yes, the Rays need uh, somebody that can drive in runs. Now, some of the issue may be the Rays having so many outs on the base paths, so that prevents some guys from getting the RBI opportunities that normally they would get. But uh, as far as names, I do have a little bit of a list here. I've got a list of about 10 names if you want me to run through them. Wow, you 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 did uh, your your work. I, I did two names because I just wanted to get the most bang for buck. But I'm I, OK, let, let's hear your. Time. OK, let's see if any of my names cross over with yours. Okay. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, he has 31 RBIs this season. Garrett Cooper, he has 29 RBIs. Seth Brown, 31 RBIs. There's Hunter Dozier, Brandon Drury, Michael Franco, Christian Walker, Patrick Wisdom, our old buddy Tommy Pham, and our old buddy Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, by the way, has 36 RBIs as of right now. Uh, so that is my list. Not a bad list. Uh, you hit one of my guys, and it, I know that uh, you probably thought of him because we've talked about it off, off air. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, man. Uh, yep. I think he is completely underrated. I think people forget that he actually was productive with the Rays, and he has a track record of around 22 home runs. And even in the 20 in the 2020 season, he was on track for 22 bombs. Uh, tell me how many guys in this Rays lineup are going to hit 22 bombs? Probably yeah. no one. Exactly. So Jesus Aguilar, I agree. He's hitting, for those who don't know, he's hitting 251, um, 303 on, uh, on base, a 425 OPS. That would be top five OPS on the Rays right now. Top five. That And, all, and also, that would be better than Wander Franco's op- OPS right now. He also has 31 RBIs, which would be second on the team behind uh, Randy. I oh, know, actually tied with Randy for the second on the team lead, and behind Choi by three. So Jesus Aguilar would slot in as one of the most productive RBI guys. And going back to the R word that Michael used realistically, it's not going to take Tash Bradley to to acquire Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. So who's your other name? Trey Mancini. Oh, I thought you were going realistic. I That's why I did not include Trey Mancini, because I didn't think that would be a realistic ad. I think it would be, and I'll tell you why. He is a free agent after this season. So although his numbers are very nice, and a lot of teams are going to want Trey Mancini's versatility and production in their lineup, that is going to lower his price. Not a lot, not a lot, but it is going to take a dent with what the Orioles can ask because he's going to just be a two-month rental. So I'm looking for if you really want to put all chips in like the Rays did last year with Nelson Cruz, I think a guy with Trey Mancini who's hitting 283, a 780 OPS, I know six home runs only, but his expected home runs is actually 13. So he's gotten a little bit of bad luck with the home runs so far. But I, I think the the lack of time on his contract might make it so he's affordable. And honestly, Kevin, we got to stop the prospect talking. Oh, I'm, I don't want to. Trey Mancini is, go, is a proven major league hitter that if you actually want that help in your lineup, 
you go for it. I don't care right. what I don't care how, how much prospects uh, is going to cost. I'd love to see Trey Mancini at the trap with a Rays uniform. So you think he is uh, more realistic than the other names that I listed? No, the other names that you listed are more realistic, but production-wise, I think his production is better than all of those 10 guys. And again, you have you have the chips to play. Like you can't say like, oh, we, we're, we're out of the train and scene. No, it's not that expensive for him it, it, for, for, the, for, two, for two months of salary. And again, you have a deep farm system. You have yeah. a deep farm system. So I, I, I feel like he is realistic because of those two things. I would disagree in the sense that one trading in division, uh, I think for both sides, the Orioles and the Rays don't look now, but the Orioles are not all that bad this year. I mean, they might even want to hang on to Trey Mancini if they can negotiate a long-term contract extension. But if I'm the Rays, I might be cautious about giving up some capital to the Orioles, which is a team that is just going to only continue to get better. And also for the name recognition and pizzazz that Trey Mancini has, let's remember we have expanded playoffs. So there's more teams that are going to be in on the fight for those types of players. So I, I would find it hard to believe that the Rays would go after Trey Mancini. Maybe if they were in a better position in a better spot this year and really going for something, I think I just don't, I don't know if the Rays are really going to go all for broke uh, like they did last year with Nelson Cruz, um, considering where they're at as of this time frame. They're, now, they're closer to the Orioles in, in the basement than the Yankees at the top. Yeah. So you're right. The, the, the disparity there, it makes sense. But Kevin, again, you're not fighting against 28 or 29 other, or 28 other teams because of, with, with money. You're fighting for Trey Mancini with prospect capital. How many teams have the prospect capital that the Rays do? Five? So it's really not yeah. 28 other teams. But do the Rays want to trade those players to the Orioles and then make the Orioles really good in the division? Well, I mean, again, you're now saying that prospects are going to just pan out. Sometimes, most of the time, prospects don't pan out. Ask right. the Orioles any, any prospects from the Machado trade. How's that doing? Zero. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned prospect hugging, who would that guy most likely to be traded? Do you think, do you have a name? I don't have a name, but I, I, uh, I, I think, you know, that's a good question for Connor Newcomb. We have to have a crossover with locked on Orioles host, Connor Newcomb. And if, and he's a big prospect guy, so maybe that that's a question better suited for Connor. There we go. Uh, All right. We've got much more to discuss, but first we have to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So use it. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you 
to the right place. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, uh, let's move on with these mailbag questions. This next comment from Mark Wolf from uh, the Fire Derek Shelton Facebook page, and he might he might have had a website at at some point, but man, that brought yeah, back guys. Uh, I remember that. Uh, Mark Wolf says, relative to the rest of the major leagues, the Rays make pretty good contact. Nobody is Tony Gwynn or anything, but for today's MLB, they make pretty good contact. Since they don't hit a lot of home runs, you know what is valuable in that situation. That's right, base runners. Stop running into outs on the bases. Harold Ramirez hits a two-run double, which is awesome. Does he stand on second base and smile? No, he tries for third base with two outs and makes the last out at third. Stop running into outs on the bases. I can't wait for the lightning game because I am the thunder. Well, the lightning are down 2-0 and probably aren't going to win their third straight Stanley Cup. But anyway, wow. uh, put there by Mark Wolf. Wow. Uh, no no, uh, no hope for, for the repeating two-time champion. I, I'm all Tampa Bay, baby. They're going to come back. Uh, um, I don't know. I, if you look at the... Avalanche. Oh, uh, we're not going to get into a hockey oh, discussion, but team two and zero. Oh. oh my goodness! I am from a place where there were nine games behind in September. Everybody would have written them off. So I do believe that's the miracle about sports. You see miracles happen every year. Okay. Anyway, base running gas, Mark. I agree with you. There has been way too many base running gas this season. I don't think anybody could show data that they're not running into outs on the bases. That is a fact. But why has it been happening? It's because guys are pressing too much, man. They feel like they have to make something happen. And when the lineup is as dry as it is right now, you know, you sometimes believe that you have to do everything. If you get on base that you have to do everything because there might not be a lot of faith in the guy behind you to drive you in. And so that is a whole mental thing. So I think that's what's happening. And you've seen it basically all through the season, but it's been augmented since May. What happened in May? They lose Franco. What happened in May? They lost Brandon Lau. So when you lose your best two hitters, they start pressing, and I think that's what's happening. That's the mentality there is like, I am on base. I need to score. We don't score. They had a nice night uh, or evening, I guess, uh, on Saturday against the Orioles. They, the, the bats started to get hot. Base running gaps, like he said, they it did happen with Harold Ramirez there going, going to third. I hope that if they start to relax and they start producing at the plate, you won't see them press too much and they actually have faith in the guy behind them to just stay at second, not go to third, to just stay at first, not go for the second base. That's that's what I hope. The bats get hot, and then this base running gas, you're going to see them decrease. Yeah, I agree. I think you put it pretty succinctly there. Again, the Rays, at the end of the day, they've got a team OPS under 700. They don't have anybody hitting the ball out of the ballpark for the most part. So, You have to, at the end of the day, make something happen. Now, Mark brings up an interesting point about the contact rate. And yes, the Rays generally, they're they're about, I mean, if we're just to run through the offensive numbers, they're 26th in MLB and team OPS. They're 25th in team batting average. They're 21st in homers, 18th in doubles, 14th 
in strikeouts, 14th in hard hit percentage, 11th in exit velocity. And they also have one of the lowest launch angles in all the baseball. Only the Cubs, Marlins, Rockies, and Nats have a higher one. And uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of, well, Harold Ramirez is actually a pretty good athlete at the end of the day. He might not look it. He might not look like a burner, but he's got some speed to him. And this team has a lot of athletes, KK, Phillips, Walls, Bruhan, Randy, Wander, when healthy. Uh, so I'm okay with them being aggressive. Um, and I know the Rays also, you know, we talk about base running, they lead the majors and caught stealings, but they also are top five in stolen bases. So you gotta, I I'm, we we've had this discussion before where this team is offensively and the lack of a Jesus Aguilar, a lack of a Trey Mancini, a lack of, uh, guys like that. You, you got to try to make something happen and, and make it fun. So, um, yeah, there's been a lot of boneheaded plays and, and I, you know, it, it is frustrating, but this offense is frustrating too. So, uh, yeah. you rather have and that way, or would you la- rather leave, uh, you know, the bases loaded? Well, I'm going to the, the aggressiveness part of it. Uh, Mark, I understand what you're saying and you're not wrong, but if you have to have one or the other, man, be aggressive, always be aggressive. I don't, I, I'd rather have a team that's aggressive. And when you have the athletic ability of this lineup, I mean, you just went, ran through it and you didn't even say Manuel Margot. Yeah. I mean, it's, so this is a very athletic team that has the capability of it. I just think they're pressing too much. And so maybe they're not picking the right spots, but I would rather have the mentality that they are having, which is I'm going to go to the other base and make the defense, make that throw because usually most teams don't make that throw. They don't make that play. Just right now, they're they're expanding that the chances a little bit too much. And that's the problem. Yeah. And some of it, too, is we've got young players on the team. Bruhan, Walls. Uh, I mean, Randy, I guess. I mean, he's a, at, at this point, might as well call him a veteran, at least from race standards. But you do have young players that maybe in double A and triple A, they could have gotten away with taking the extra bag or stealing a base where the opposing defenders can't complete or make that play. And then you get to the big league level and it's like, oh, yeah, they're a little bit crisper, a little bit better. The throws are a little bit more on point. point. They're a little bit the, the game is faster. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe it takes April, May, and June to figure out. And then once you get to August and September and October, you've, you found your footing a little bit more too. So that's what happens when you have a lot of, um, uh, as, uh, as, uh, Michael mentioned in the, the first segment, you have a lot of freshmen and sophomore players, you know, mistakes are going to happen and they're going to happen on the base pass for sure. Uh, something that is not a mistake is consuming and buying built bars. Not ever. I mean, you know our, how our friends at Builds are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both mud pie bar and mud pie puff. Not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you'd better sit down for this. The new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. I mean, you just got to eat that up just like when the race scores seven runs and you get, you know, pretty happy that day. So today you got to go to built.com. Why? Because you can get 15% off your whole built bar uh, order 
if you use promo code LOCKED15. That's amazing. So today, go to Built.com. You're going to taste this deliciousness all for yourself. If you use promo code LOCKED15, you're also going to be saving 15% off at Built.com. All right, this uh, final question we'll get to on today's episode. Ulysses, you're going to help me. You're going to have to help me out with this pronunciation of the first name. I've got a W-I-R-T-J-O, last name's Leonard. I got the Leonard uh, part, but not the first name. I believe it's Virtuo, Virtuo. But, I mean, hey, anytime that, you know, we, we have this, I, excuse us if we if we mess up the pronunciation, but I think it's Virtuo Leonard, yes. Yeah, I know. We've, uh, we've made a lot of pronunciation mistakes over the years between Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco and uh, Mike Brasso. You know, it's been a big thing. People are... Uh, particular about their pronunciations. Anyway, this question is about Vidal Bruin. As they Bruin. should. As they should. It's their name. Yes. Uh, Vidal Bruhan. I think I got that one right. He says, hey guys, longtime listener, first time mailbagger, appreciate all you guys do. Well, thank you. We appreciate you as well. Uh, he says, I have racked my brain around it and cannot understand. Why is Vidal Bruhan leading off? He has been less threatening then a newborn kitten. As of the time of this email, it's been three games in a row. I don't understand. Uh, well, uh, let's let's Bruhan leading off two for eight so far. Uh, it's not my preference to see Vidal uh, leading off uh, at all. Is it your preference and- to see Vidal Bruhan batting in the majors at all? Well, th- this is the thing. Last year. When when uh, Wander was struggling as a lefty, you mentioned the ludicrous idea that he should drop switch hitting. I said, that is insane. It's Wander Franco. Give him some time. However, with Vidal Bruhan, the dude as a lefty is hitting 104, yeah. a 127 on base, a 119 slugging. That's a 246 OPS. In 71 at-bats, which, by the way, is double the amount of at-bats that he has as a righty. Okay, so on this one, on Vidal Bruhan, I would just go into the manager's office uh, and say, buddy, you're no longer a lefty. You're hitting righty. Why? Because as a righty, he's hitting 265 with a 783 OPS. Let's see that production. Just solely focus on that. There is no need... He is borderline unplayable as a lefty. And by borderline, I'm honestly trying to be as, yeah. as nice as possible. A 104 batting average, a 127 on base, a 119 slugging in almost 100 at-bats is not playable in the major leagues. That's that's the truth right now. So just focus on the right-hand side of, of the platoon. Hit as a righty. You don't have to do everything. You already do everything with the glove. Yeah. Why do you have to stretch him thin, getting less reps in in, in the batting cage? As a ba- I, I, just make him just focus as a righty. I think we would see the production go up. Yeah, I, that's a good point. Um, you just wish there were more lefty pitchers out there so Vidal could get more opportunities against said lefties. I think I'm cool with that. I'm cool with doing the Cedric Mullins approach of hey, just. Drop the switch hitter thing, focus on one side, focus on your strong side, and go from there. 
If that isn't the case, if he continues to get rolled out versus righties, well, as a left-handed hitter, you better learn to bunt. You better be Juan Pierre. You better be Kenny Lofton. You better be Pete Rose. You better be Lee Mazzilli. You better be laying down one once, twice a game because he has the speed. He has the athleticism. He has the ability to, if he can lay down a bunt, and doesn't even have to be a great bunt, and still because he would be starting from the left side. I think that would be the case. Now, or I think that would be a, a, a case to be made for keeping him as a switch hitter, but if you're only batting on that side, you're pretty much only bunting. Uh, as far as the leadoff thing, it is interesting because it's not totally foreign that the Rays uh, have put a guy that's struggling offensively at the leadoff spot to get said player going. Kevin Cash has done it. Joe Madden's done it. Um, I remember it's been a thing with what uh, Brandon Lau. I, like I, in a perfect world, Vidal Bruhan would be a great leadoff hitter. Like he's he's got he he would he is that type of guy, but he's just not hitting enough at the major league level. Now some of it might be because in Durham. When he played in Durham and through the minor leagues, he was a leadoff hitter. So maybe it's a comfort thing of, hey, this is what he's most comfortable doing. Just like Taylor Walls is most comfortable playing short instead of third or second. Let's try to get him settled in as best we can. Let's get him. Let's try. I know it's not the it might not be a great idea seemingly, but let's try to get him more opportunities to see major league pitching and major league pitchers. But also, uh, do you really trust Vidal Brujan? Where else do you want to put him in, in the lineup? Do you want to put him in a spot where he's uh, has to make a, a play with runners in scoring position? Or do you put him at the top of the order where he uh, has nobody on the back? So it's, you know, it's, it's not like he's uh, ruining a rally as opposed to if he was batting eighth or ninth. And same thing, like, you know, you're batting leadoff. The, the guy in ninth in the order probably most likely is usually not going to get on base either. So that's that's kind of my take on it a little bit. You're you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? With it also in that situation. I just he's been given enough opportunities, not enough. Let me scratch that. He's been given opportunities as an everyday player since Brendan Lau and Wander Franco have been on the IL. So yeah. I think this is the race just saying, "What do you got, kid?" What do you got? Like, we're giving you the chances. We're giving you the opportunities. We know we have to be patient with freshmen, sophomore players. Of course you do. Nobody should be judged on their first 150 at-bats in a major league season because that's just not fair. Go look at Trout's first 100, 150 at-bats. They're not pretty. Go look at Cy Young winner's first 30 uh, starts. Right. I mean, Blake Snell was sent down, people. Do you guys remember that? the eventual Cy Young winner, uh, award winner. So you can't just judge a guy 100, 150 at-bats, but you also have to live in a reality where they're not producing. And and I say they because I'm kind of now bumping in Taylor Walls into this conversation with Vidal. Like, they were way too hyped. Maybe not. Maybe they were hyped enough, or but their production is not matching that hype. Right. That's a fact. The issue is it's a hundred at bats, people. It's a hundred at bats. It's not, it's not, it's not enough to say this is who this guy is. Not at all. But changes have to be made. And I don't think the the leadoff position, the leadoff 
with Vidal is going to be um, long for the future. Uh, on Sunday, as as the recording of uh, of this episode, Kevin Kiermaier is leading off on 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 Sunday. So, uh, and Vidal is now dropping um, in in the lineup in the in the in the last third. So. I just feel like they're they're just putting him out there in every situation, just trying to say what's going to spark you, kid. We're giving you the yeah. chances. You're in the lineup every day. He's been a pretty much everyday player. So what do you got? And let's hope that something does spark him because he has the athletic ability. But can he match major league pitchers? And that's what hasn't happened as a lefty. That's why I'm saying. Just focus strictly on the right-hand side. I don't care if it's against righties. Just focus on that, and let's see if that gives you something else different because what they're doing right now is not working. So you have to find something different. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result is insanity. So let's change it up. Although, uh, counter-argument, I I know we discussed uh, the idea of dropping the switch hitting thing from Vidal Bruhan, but the Rays are very close to being in fourth place. This might just be the play the prospects here. Play play them, put them out there, see what they can and can't do, and go from there. And, I mean, as we get longer in the tooth in this season, and Mike Zanino might not be coming back, where's Brand- I guess Wander Franco is going to be back at some point. I, I mean, this team isn't all that great. So... This might be the year you see, okay, which of these prospects can hang around and which do we maybe have to move on or can we upgrade elsewhere? I disagree 100% because the thing that you want it to happen is happening this year. Expanded playoffs. You just right. have to you know, get your foot in the door and then it's a crapshoot. And then it's a crapshoot. So that that's my thing. I, I do not think that this is just like, a, oh, let's punt till next year. No. I think you just what you have to do is be relevant until you get that Wander Franco back, which is in a week. You have okay. to get hopefully Brendan Lau back, which hopefully in three weeks. Although there has been a setback with him taking uh, swings off uh, of a tee, so hopefully that that gets amended. But yeah, you just have to stay relevant. Just stay in the fight, which the pitching has done a tremendous job about that. And 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 that's it. Just stay relevant. Get Wander back get the groove on and get to the playoffs. That's it. Well, question. I mean, if Wander and Brandon Lau come back, what does that mean for Vidal Bruhan? Are you huh, sending you him down? What? Are you trading him? Both. There's only so many spots. Both those scenarios are very, very real. And that's why I think they're playing him. They're trying to see what they have in him. And if they can, Stash him in AAA, they'll stash him. And if they see a, a an option to trade him because the Orioles come, hey, we really like Vidal and we really want to get away with Trey Mancini right. plus other pieces, then you're like, okay, we can do that. Yeah. And then maybe it's sending down Vidal Bruhan and giving Josh Lowe another opportunity. Now, I will say this about Vidal. It is helpful. It is beneficial the defensive end of things of, I think he's played third, he's played short, he's played second, he's played right field. So that definitely helps out in a pinch when you need it. But uh, the Rays are very close. I mean, I, a, a playoff spot is not guaranteed for them. They, a couple bad games and they're fourth place in the division. They need to step it up. That That is a 100% yeah. true fact. They need to step it up, yes. Oh, and by the way, they do face the Yankees uh, 
starting next week or this week. Yep. <laughs> We're recording on Sunday. They're facing the Yankees again. So we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your very first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. If you're wondering who was calling me there, it was uh, Peter Bendix. He was looking for uh, some trade suggestions. So there we go. Uh-huh. Um, also, if you're interested in advertising inquiries, I suppose you can call us, but you can also email us, LockedOnRays at Gmail. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will have another mailbag episode for you on Wednesday.